Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on <laughs> foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And before we get into the episode, we've got a little bit of business because we had some word snappers words last week. This time, the words that we worked in were sleep is for the tortoises, submitted by Carl Linderholm. And you did that. I did that. I didn't even realize it was coming. I, yeah, I, you know, I took the bathtub opening and, and, and did the best I could with it. I could have gone farther with it and been like, I'll be like a turtle in a bathtub to make that connection. But no, I figured I, it was perfect. Yeah, I figured I'd just, I just let it just let it go. Just yeah. let it go because it was a nice episode. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Comes back around. If you would like to submit word snappers, you can do that by becoming one of our patrons. It's a game we play on Patreon, uh, and our patrons can submit words or a phrase, uh, that, whatever, whatever they want every month, and we have to work them into the episodes that we're recording that month. So make us say some weird stuff by becoming a patron at any level. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Walloping Web Snappers. Not the last time you'll hear us reference that throughout the episode. But anyway, we are talking about the last time for a while, actually, that we're going to be talking about uh, an episode of the 2017 Spider-Man show, actually. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is like roughly the midpoint of our coverage of this season, because if you count the origin shorts as 26, if we really stopped at the exact midpoint, we would have left off on like the ice episode from last week. I didn't feel like that was a good last episode to just <laughs> stop coverage of this for like a year or whatever on. So we at least this episode actually, even though it's not like a finale or anything, it does close the loop on a lot of ongoing storylines that had been, uh, you know, set up throughout the season. So yeah. this, this is definitely a better stopping point for a while. If you would like to watch this show along with us, it is available on Disney+. Plus. The episode we are talking about today is Season 1, Episode 13, very simply entitled Venom. And <laughs> uh, there's an Ultimate Spider-Man episode with that same title, so whenever we get to that, I'll have to figure out how to, how to title the episode of our podcast. But we will get to that when we get to that, so I'm yeah. not going to worry about that right now. Marvel <laughs> Spider-Man 2017 got to it first. Sorry. Yep. In, in our podcast. The synopsis per IMDb is, after the symbiote escapes the Avengers compound, Spider-Man must find a way to stop it and discover the identity of the new host. Um. That's not true. That's that's, not right. Yeah, that's that's arguable. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that we learned that information. <laughs> That's what Spider-Man <laughs> thinks happened. So, I mean, like, if you're trying to, yeah. like, we're, th- we're, we're, we're throwing off the scent very early. So, I, okay, I can see they're doing, it's still framed in a weird way for the synopsis. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Not right. It is but. framed very strangely. Yeah. 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 The original air date for this episode was October 21st, 2017. Um, it's written by, directed by some familiar folks, except for one new writer. So it was written by Kevin Shinnick and Paul Giacapo, um, and it was directed by Dan Duncan. Uh, we know Kevin Shinnick because he's the main story editor on the show. We've talked about him multiple times. Dan Duncan, we talked about on our episode number 77. Paul Giacapo, I want to spotlight because his credits are so fascinating. This is the only episode that this guy writes for this show ever. This, writes no other episodes after this. Hmm. He's also written like a number of like just like single episodes on a lot of Marvel shows. So like his IMDb is like long in terms of the shows he's been on, but like this one he'll just like write one episode. The only like Marvel cartoons that he's written like multiple episodes on uh, are things like Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, uh, Avengers Assemble, Ultimate Spider-Man, um, and then other cartoons non-Marvel and uh, include Batman, Brave and the Bold, Young Justice, Generator Rex, the 2011 Thundercats, Star Wars Resistance, and most recently the new Pacific Rim Black Show. So like. A pretty usual, like, you know, series of writing credits, I would say, outside of the mm-hmm. weirdness of, like, only single episode credits on a lot of stuff. Sure. But, like, we've seen a lot of these shows pretty frequently. What's fascinating about this guy is that he's not just a writer. <laughs> he's also, like, a huge, massive, like, digital artist and, mo- and modeler. Like, he has worked on so many freaking <laughs> gigantic things as a digital artist. It is, like... I'm not overhyping it. He has worked on just a, just as an example for just a few things that he's worked on. Not everything include Star Wars Episode One, Star Wars Episode Two, Star Wars Episode Three, the remaster of Star Wars Episode Four, Rogue One, The Mandalorian. Iron Man 2, (laughs) The Avengers, Dragonheart, that one's for me, Terminator Salvation, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, The Irishman, currently working on Mission Impossible 8. And that's just a few. Every single thing he's worked on has been like a major, huge, gigantic, (laughs) if not franchise thing, at least like a major cultural moment thing. It's wild. Like, I don't understand why he's writing on cartoons. Like, you you, 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 just wants to. It's ridiculous. It's a fun thing to do every once in a while. Yeah. And granted, a lot of these, if you scroll through, like a lot of these are sort of like, oh, he probably was just on a team. He's probably, he's not even credited on some of them, but a number of them, especially most recent ones, he is like a supervisor, like modeling artist, modeling supervisor or like lead artist or something. It's not like he's a nobody. Like he is doing a lot on a lot of major things. Like it's just, you know, like it's, we never get to talk about people like that on this show because most people are writing cartoons and that's pretty much the wheelhouse that they're in so it's just really so fascinating yeah that's that's so many so many good things too (laughs) when i went to his imdb and like the first image is like rogue one and i'm like i'm not on the right person am i and then nope (laughs) okay (laughs) that's incredible yeah so strange we get one character introduced I think introduced in this episode if he's yeah. appeared before it would have been very briefly and and I feel like it's worth mentioning because he's important to this episode and I could see him returning depending on where things go just because he's sort of involved in the adult drama or at least Max's drama 
And that is the character of Mr. Salerno, who is a science teacher at Midtown High. And uh, we'll see. I mean, it, we'll see if he ends up appearing again. I wouldn't be surprised based on what he's involved in, but also based on the voice actor. Because <laughs> yeah. the voice actor is Sean Schemmel, who has done plenty of things, uh, or at least a decent amount of stuff. Um, but he's the voice of adult Goku in the Funimation dub of Dragon Ball, which is huge. Yeah. So, like, not a, a no, like a nobody person or just, like, a, a up-and-coming person or somebody who dabbles in animation you know what i mean so i don't know i genuinely have no idea if mr Salerno appears again or not it would be hilarious if he doesn't because i don't know how or why you get the voice of goku to do the voice (laughs) of the science teacher if not um but uh but that's that's who it is i I don't even know if i need to list anything else because he's he's the voice of fucking goku Uh, but I will list at least one other thing, and it's just for me, uh, which is that he is the voice of Lucario in Pokemon the movie Lucario and the Mystery of Mew. Could you tell from scrolling through his IMDb or whatever that like he does he do a lot of like just one-off roles like this and any other stuff? Does it seem like? I mean, the big ball. I mean, a lot of it is anime dub stuff, sure. um, and it's not necessarily a ton of like main character things. This doesn't feel like a typical role for so him. Weird. I mean, a big, massive chunk of what he's done is Dragon Ball, uh, which makes sense. He probably could never work again other than just doing Goku. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That might be a, a naive statement. But but no, it <laughs> it seems very confusing to me that he is uh, random science teacher uh, number two from, you know, yeah. Spider-Man. I mean, he's a named yeah. character. That's, that's underplaying it. But yeah, <laughs> it just was like, am I sure I'm looking at the right person? <laughs> you know? <laughs> bizarre credits that we have in this episode yeah. okay yeah it, sure. it's funny because you never know i really feel like we never know who we're gonna get in this show and that's really exciting to me <laughs> yeah this show has definitely been a strange like not even strange just a just a fascinating spectrum of different types of, of, yeah. of voice actors especially yeah yeah runs yeah. the whole gamut which i like i think i've said before like it's nice because it makes me feel like they're thinking uh thinking at least critically about who they're choosing or mm-hmm. they're not at least just saying like here's the people we got and so you're doing everything yeah. even though there is a lot of like multiple voices uh from each of these actors it's usually just because like we got these background one-liner folks so like yeah. can you just do this it's not that they're like pulling actual triple duty or anything absolutely yeah so it's really the only character I think that that we haven't mentioned. Otherwise, m- almost everything is with pieces on the board. Like you said, we're we're getting some answers for things, or at least closing up pieces of some of the stuff we've been building towards. Yeah, Mr. Salerno just happens to be a, a surprising new piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess we can dive in. Otherwise, this episode opens with Peter cleaning Max Modell's classroom, which is such a small thing, but I actually like it because. It's this little bit of continuity uh, that I don't think we're necessarily always guaranteed with the show when it comes to sort of mundane things. Yeah. So the fact that he does have this job where he works for Max Modell and we've seen that this is a part of that job, it's just nice to see it again. It's not important. I just like it. Yeah. I, I also like that he's just randomly in a differently colored hoodie this episode, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's in a green hoodie, which is, you know, no reason for it. I like when characters change clothes, <laughs> even if it's just a different colored hoodie. Yeah. Why not? It seems yeah. like a, I, I don't know, but it seems like an easy thing to do to just give him like four different colored hoodies. You know? Yeah, I'm cool with it. 
Well, when Peter attempts to shoot his dirty rag into a trash can like a basketball. That sounds so disgusting. Shoot his what? dirty rag. I don't I, know. What I don't about like... I don't know. What about it? What's, what's dirty? I don't, I don't understand. Oh, God. Uh, well, does it sound better if I say that Max enters the room and his dirty rag hits Max in the face? Oh, no. <laughs> uh... So Peter's, Peter has a cleaning rag. And he's done with it, and he tries to toss it into the trash can like a basketball, uh, and he's caught up in the moment, doesn't realize Max is walking in, and the rag hits Max in the face. Cool. To say it in less uh, dirty terms, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Max is chill about all this. And Very like, chill. Fine. He just brushes it off. Too chill. You know what? It, you know why he's chill, though? He's like that uh, that adult who's like it, – it's almost like a dad who's like concerned that their nerdy kid like has no interests other than like the one thing they're hyper-focused on. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Peter's like even capable of knowing what basketball is to shoot a rag into the trash can, he's like, you know sports? Because <laughs> <laughs> Max is like, well, it's nice to see that you're balancing your studies and your work with, as he says, a little bit of athleticism, <laughs> which, you know, mostly just serves to let us know. Sports-themed episode incoming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would have never expected an episode entitled Venom to be like the football episode. But... No. <laughs> <laughs> so on the topic of cleaning, Peter asks Max if he, uh, you know, he should put the symbiote's container in storage because it's just sitting out here and there's no symbiote in there. Um, and he kind of calls back in case you forgot, the symbiote itself is being held at the Avengers compound as of that episode from many many weeks ago mm-hmm. uh max objects with a bit like too much gusto it's a little suspicious but he catches himself and is like no nah, well i just like having it around as a reminder of what could have been which is a weird thing to say and do i would general. think so yeah <laughs> all weird uh then he encourages peter to go home early and finish his work in the morning yeah peter though is like i can't do that because in the morning I have to tutor Flash Thompson. <laughs> more Flash. I'm so excited. When we first met Flash, I was like, I hope we get more Flash. I and do. I'm just so glad that we've gotten multiple more Flash. And know? I like this version of Flash a lot. A I lot, really do, too. So much more than I ever expected to, given what, with like the little he was shown yeah. early on. Yeah. I think they've done a really nice job with him. Like, I had hope, but I still am I'm, I'm impressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice. He's a nice Flash. Yeah, so... Basically, Peter's like, I got to tutor Flash Thompson. He has a big test coming up, and he asked me to help him. But he does make sort of a little bit of a jab and says, like, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to teach him all that much. And Max reminds Peter that folks can surprise you. And he says, after all, I'm surprised that you're helping Flash, who made your life a living hell at Midtown. Uh, And Peter's like, yeah, well, I guess you're right, because, you know, Flash even surprised me by just simply asking for help. So we got a little bit of a, a setup for, for, I guess, a theme for this episode. I like the detail that Max knows who bullied Peter at Midtown. It does imply that they have, like, a very personal relationship, like yeah. Max and, and Peter. Like, I kind of wish – that's something that I kind of wish we would see on screen a little more. Like, we are literally seeing it here. But, like, I would like to see more conversations like this where Peter is just, like, telling Max about – bad things in his life and stuff because i do like the little kind of familial or parent or you know kind of parental type of relationship that they have yeah yeah i do too i yeah i really i mean we we talk about how much we like max but i just really appreciate max also max just like reminds me of particular like teachers i had i just like feel Mm -hmm. very protective of max you know yeah 
Uh, and so as this episode is like ramping up, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is a this is is one of those great moments where I'm like, this is this is nice. This relationship is like very very cool, and very good. Yeah, I, I like it a lot too. Max comments that Flash is like quite the superstar on the field, and that actually he's looking forward to watching him play that weekend because he's going to go to the Midtown game. He tells Peter to uh, to go home anyway, regardless of all that stuff, insisting that he can finish Peter's work for him. Really wants Peter out of the classroom. Yeah, that's not suspicious. <laughs> So as Spider-Man swings home, he celebrates having the night off because uh, he wasn't expecting to have any time off. And he's sort of distracted by his little celebration and slams into something and is like, wait a second, how do I, Spider-Man, with Spider-Sense, slam into anything? Shouldn't my Spider-Sense gone off to let me know I was about to crash into something? So he like looks around to figure out what it was that he ran into, and it's venom (laughs) fully fully formed venom (laughs) just straight up venom standing over him on top of a building from whence spider-man crashed so (laughs) naturally spider-man is confused and alarmed and scared um and he notes that the size and the nature of the symbiote that he is looking at in comparison to what he experienced is very different it's bigger it's more menacing it's like growling it doesn't appear to just be a suit. Um, and so Peter's like, who could have it? Like, this doesn't make any sense. It's so different. Like, is that even my suit? I, I will say, I do think Peter specifically says my suit at certain points, oh, which I think weird. is an interesting detail. Yeah, that is an interesting detail. Hmm. I didn't think about that. But yeah, it is, it is sort of a, like, yeah, you'd think that he would want to distance himself as much as possible from that type of thing. But yeah, that's interesting. Well, he doesn't think that the symbiote could have like escaped from from the Avengers compound, but also believes it's unlikely that it could be a separate symbiote. So he's like, okay, well, that seems like the only option then is that like Tony Stark, who's the only other person that I know like interacted with the with the suit or would have or would have been interacting with the symbiote at the Avengers compound. Like, does that mean Tony Stark is currently Venom right now or is currently (laughs) wearing the suit right now? Uh, Which had me be like, huh, uh, that's weird. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, The the two exchange blows, of course, Venom throws a, a bus into a nearby car. Like you do, uh, but the siren activates and we know that the symbiote has a weakness to sound. Spider-Man clocks that as well. So he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to hit every single nearby car with a web ball. I also, he also like knocks the guy's groceries out of his arms Rude. while shooting the web ball, which it was just sad. But what it does is set off <laughs> an entire chorus of alarm uh, of car alarms, which is uh, too much for Venom and he flees. Now, did you notice? I didn't, but I feel like you you might have. Mm-hmm. Did that man have a French baguette in his grocery bag? I think he did. I think he <laughs> had that in an apple. Yeah, yeah. I'd be shocked if he didn't. You know, yeah, based on I'd the too. on the on the Derek B. Gale rule of grocery bag in in television. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although you know that reminds me that I, I had a couple. I have a couple of observations in this entire sequence too. Um, that are minor but kind of funny. First of all, Spider Man does name Spider Man names Venom Venom. Yeah. He's like, oh, because of how you look scary. So I guess the V and V two fifty two stands for Venom. And it's like, you know, that's dumb. But I'm so glad that we no one will ever yeah. say V two fifty two ever again. Except they so do. Fine. They fucking do. And I just 
Stop! <laughs> we won't say it. No. I made sure never to write it in my notes ever again. But yeah, it it is. You're right though. Like it's 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 one of the lesser <laughs> explanations for why it's called Venom. Mm-hmm. But I'm just fine with it because we never have to say V two fifty two ever again. Yeah, I think it's also kind of cute because he as he says that it names him Venom. The title of the episode comes up at the bottom, like Venom as oh. he names him Venom, <laughs> which feels That's very funny. intentional. <laughs> Didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's fun yeah. Timing. Also, and, and also, I do appreciate how quickly they get everything out of the way. It's just like Venom. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't affect my spider sense. And remember, we, sound is his weakness. All right, cool. We we've established all that, and now we see all his powers using all the spider powers. We see all that. Okay, that's out of the way. If you somehow aren't familiar with Venom, there you go. But for everyone else who is, which is most people, we're not gonna harp on all the rules of Venom because you get it. And so we're just gonna move on. And I kind of appreciate the speed at which they just get past all that stuff. Also. Also, other observation I made, there are two occasions when he's fighting Venom. There's graffiti on the wall and graffiti on a dumpster. And it's the exact same, like, graffiti, like, art that they just copy and paste. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, it just says the word dick. It just says dick. <laughs> There's no way it says dick. I will. I'm going to. I'm going to paste it right here. I'm going to paste Does it, it right here in the click? show notes. <laughs> It's definitely a D. I think the the eye could be something else, but I don't know what it could be. It looks like it's a stylized eye. Well, um, now I know what I, now I know what I'm supposed to think it says. So we'll see if I can see something else that it could be. It's hard to see because it's dark. But in like the, the left, I'm gonna paste. There's two occasions. I'm gonna paste the other one too. Yeah, I mean, I see, I see why it looks like it says dick. Like that, I I can't argue with it looking like it says dick. Yeah. Um. I but I also I'm not sure I'm not sure I can immediately see what else it could be other than DJ something. It could be that. Just, I could see that. Just because the the I seems to have a shape that goes underneath the D, but that's still a pretty dangerous combination of shapes. It is. So I don't know. And they show it twice in the same scene on in two different places. They do. So. They do. <laughs> it's a Venom episode. He wants that dick. Just saying. I guess anyway. so. That's true. <laughs> it's not even. Yeah, it's 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 funny too. I didn't even realize when you said that it was all three pieces of graffiti. Mm-hmm. Like all three pieces of graffiti are the same, which makes sense. That's not a criticism. Yeah. Um, it's a background detail, but I, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It is funny. It is funny. I also like the line. I, I don't remember what the actual like line is, but because uh, Spider-Man like says it's like a cacophony of sound or whatever. And he's like, yeah. oh, I was just showing off that I knew what cacophony meant. <laughs> <laughs> he's a science guy, not a word guy. Yeah. You know? An English major. He is not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, later in his bedroom, Peter obsesses over how to leave Tony Stark a voicemail asking for help about the symbiote. Well, not even asking for help about the symbiote, just asking about the symbiote, (laughs) which is a weird question to have to ask, right? Like, hey, are you currently um, hosting the symbiote that's probably (laughs) affecting your brain maybe and attacking people? Hmm. So he, he, you know, he comes up with a specific way he wants to say it. And as you probably could expect, when he actually has to leave the voicemail message, he fucks it up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very cute. Oh, the next morning, Peter attempts to tutor Flash. They're at the coffee shop. Uh, but Flash falls asleep. Flash uh, explains that his science teacher, Mr. Salerno, voiced by Goku, won't uh, <laughs> won't sign off on Flash's academic eligibility to play in that weekend's game if he can't pass the test. Peter's like, well, why does that matter? It's just a game. And Flash is like, well, this weekend's game is against our rival school, Truman High. 
I wonder if that's a reference to anything. Truman uh, High. I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, it's like an easy thing to name a high school just because it's a president. That's true. The only reason I ask is because the quarterback of Truman High that they name drop is Kevin Wyatt, and I'm pretty sure that's a reference to Kevin Shinnick and Chris Wyatt, who are both like writers on this show. That makes so. sense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so this it's it's a the the weekend's game is a big deal. That's why Flash is like very adamant about passing the test so he can play it. Um, but of course, as they're having this conversation, that aforementioned quarterback for Truman <laughs> shows up to give Flash a hard time. Of course, uh, yeah, yeah, and the the two are kind of exchanging barbs. <laughs> uh, they have an entire like kind of anime like head butt type. I can't. Right? I, yeah, it's it's very anime. Yeah, um, all it's missing is like the the little bit of lightning or the spark between their eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like when the two of them are in profile against each other, like <laughs> angrily looking at each other. Yeah, uh, like back to back, like right in front of each other. Yeah, like head head to head is the phrase I was looking for. But yeah, so Truman's quarterback says that rumors are flying that Flash's grades are no good, and Flash responds, "Keep it up, and you won't be able to play because your legs are no good." Huh. <laughs> yeah, which is if you know Flash Venom in the comics is a weird thing for huh. a, a Flash to say in an episode with Venom. Yep. That is <laughs> that is two references now. Almost almost uncomfortable at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh two references now to legs specifically and their function in episodes involving Flash and Venom. Yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> It can't be a mistake, but if it's not a mistake, this feels like a really weird thing to include. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. It's just uh it's just a football player saying he's gonna injure another football player. So it yeah. still fits regardless. <laughs> sure, it makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love I just love this line. It's the reason I screamed it. Uh I don't even remember I should have written down the the setup for this. Yeah, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember the setup either. <laughs> I don't either. But uh but Flash asks Peter a question and Peter instead of just saying yes is like is an amoeba a single-celled organism? And I laughed so loud because Flash's response is the most ridiculous, ah, I don't know. And he's like in the middle of the coffee shop just like having a panic attack over not knowing if a, if a single-celled organism uh, describes an amoeba. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Poor guy. Quite funny. He's trying. He's trying. Having a science crisis. I can relate. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so at Horizon High, Peter continues connecting dots between himself Tony Stark and the symbiote when Tony Stark doesn't respond to his message. And what he's coming up with is, okay, we're both smart, right? We're both superheroes. And we were both at the Stark Expo when the symbiote was set loose. He's kind of having, like you said, having this conversation with himself. And so he's startled when Max sort of just like walks into his little like uh, classroom nook, uh, personal lab or whatever, and interrupts his thought process. Peter's also working on like, a sonic blaster slash tracking device for the mm. symbiote, which he's currently wearing. So he also is sort of like has to rush to cover it up with his sleeve. So really should have kept the door closed, buddy. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. um, but anyway, Max walks in and Peter notices that like Max seems really tired. So Max or so Peter's like, Hey, you seem really tired. Like, are you okay? And Max lets him know like, yeah, I've just been working really late nights recently. Yeah. Huh? 
They do a lot of good uh, body movements with Max in this scene. Like all of his like yawning and stretching and like yeah. hand in pocket as he talks and stuff. Like so the episode, the, this episode, this uh, this show can be pretty static sometimes. Like with with their talking scenes, so I like it when they add a lot of like very human movements and stuff. Uh, like yeah. animate some extra details with the characters. Like it feels a lot more natural. Yeah, well, it's it's significant, especially in the show, because one of one of our criticisms of an early episode was that they tell us that Peter's tired, but don't make him look or act any differently. Uh-huh. So the fact that by the time they get to this one, Max is behaving distinctly differently, um, and I think both of those instances had to do with the the symbiote, right? So like yeah. the implication here, because we haven't explicitly said so is that Max is suspicious about the symbiote and Peter's involvement in it. He's tired after we're supposed to be made suspicious of Max. So at this point, it's like, okay, so maybe Max is fucking around with the symbiote, right? Yeah. Um, so it's nice that by the time we get another instance of maybe this is affecting your sleep, Max actually looks and acts tired. <laughs> And I really like this. I do like this concept for an episode like this with Venom, where it's like a mystery with Venom. Like, who is yeah. Venom? Like, who is his identity? Which is, it's a fun thing to play with, given what Venom is and how many people have been Venom or a, have been a symbiote in the past and everything, like yeah. in, in the comics. Like, it's a really clever idea for an episode, you know, yeah. just to like, you know, and, and there are, it's not like there's that many suspects in it. Like, it, it's, you can connect the dots pretty easily with it, but uh, but it's still it's still a fun approach yeah. to an episode. Like it's it's Peter trying to figure out who the villain behind the mask is the entire time. Yeah, it's it's um I, I'll fully admit like it's the type of episode that if you think about it while you're watching it, you'll probably figure out exactly where it goes. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it while I was watching it. Like I tend to watch the first time just like for the ride. So like I was sitting there thinking like. I was, like, trying to weigh it out, right? I was like, okay, well, he suspects Tony Stark. I don't really think it's Tony Stark, though. So, like, who's the next person? Like, because even I, – I, I wasn't even thinking about it from the perspective of, like, who are the characters in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or this episode, rather. Like, who haven't we seen and who are we suddenly seeing? I've trained my brain, uh, I think, from, like, shows that have, uh, like, previously on because those always tell you what to pay attention to. Sure. Um, and so I I was in the right headspace to just, like, be there for the mystery, which was so much fun because then by the time you get to this point, you're like, oh, Max is a suspect. Oh, shit. Yeah, well. Like, which is yeah. fun. It's fun. It's nice. It's, it's you know, you get your little, like, Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> I think it's it's smartly done, too. Be- yeah, no, I love – and I love that. I love that about it. Because, uh, you know, cause Scooby-Doo mysteries don't have to be that complicated either. Like, you can guess it if you yeah. want, but if you go in – just going in for a Scooby-Doo type mystery, like you're just along for the ride with it and solving it and yep. like letting the characters solve it for you rather than solving it ahead of them, you know? But uh, I think it's also really smart too, because after Venom is introduced, the order in which they like sort of introduce characters as, sus- as suspects is like Spider-Man points out Tony Stark is a suspect. And then you get a scene of like Flash being tired after, after Venom is introduced. Right. Oh, that's right. Um, we didn't even mention that. Yeah. So that was, so then you could be like, Oh, especially if you know the canon and everything, it's like, oh, okay, so it's Flash. But then, and then you, you like, okay. I know that Max was introduced obviously in the beginning of the episode is like acting sort of suspiciously, but you're not thinking of Venom necessarily at that point if you haven't seen the episode or don't know where it goes. So you're not really like looking for suspiciousness or whatever. Right. So like technically I think you could, I, I like where I was at was sort of like, I thought, when Max started acting tired in this scene, it's like, oh, Flash was a misdirect because the show knows that we know Flash is Venom in the comics. So, like, 
they're expecting you to expect it to be Flash, and now Max is coming in and being tired, so then Max will be like now sort you have of like the, the twist. Um, two which legitimate is exactly, subject, like suspects as opposed to what you would have expected in the first place. Right, which is exactly what the reverse of the episode does, which is fine. Um, I just think it's kind of clever because depending on what way you're approaching it or how your brain is operating while it's on, you could get tricked by this mystery that isn't that complicated of a mystery, you know, um, which is kind of fun. Well, I think... But but we always talk about the show as people who are familiar with other cartoons or the comics, right? Mm-hmm. If you went into this episode and you didn't know anything about a previous Venom or you only knew Eddie Brock Venom, right? Yeah. Th- you would not I, – I don't know that you would so quickly figure this out. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. Like I think you, I think you would start to see suspicious people and I think that they, they probably structure it in such a way that th- – th- that would be fascinating. I – uh, who I, I'm gonna have to try to think of somebody I know, right? Yeah. And just be like, hey, I want you to figure out what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find that person. But I do think, you know, if we're thinking about it from the perspective of this is a kid's first Spider-Man show or somebody who's not that familiar, trying to put myself in that headspace, like, yeah, I don't think you would know. I don't think you'd figure it out immediately. You might yeah. only figure it out when Peter has the revelation by the end. Yeah. Because it's helped by Max being the only kind of really big guy on the show, and Venom is a big boy, yep. which Spider-Man even clocks himself. Like that's a the thing later in the episode that 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 kind of pushes Spider-Man towards thinking that it's Max. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. It's I think cool at this episode. point we probably should just clarify because we've we've danced around it so much, but like Flash ends up being Venom in this one. Yeah, like I, I, we've all but said it. <laughs> yeah, but we've said enough that it would be weird for us, I think, not to say it now. <laughs> it would be hard to go through the episode like chronologically, at like it, with the reveals as Spider-Man reveals reveals things, because I think like it's easier to just name off like why things are happening as they're happening and why these things are clues and these things are mis- misdirect. Misdirect. I just say that because we didn't actually directly say that Flash becomes Venom. Yeah, but I don't want to just keep <laughs> pretending because, yeah, it, it would be too annoying and hard. I'm fine pretending. We just got so close <laughs> that it would be weird to pretend. I'm, I'm sure. cool with pretending, but sure. I don't know that we could have after what we just did. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. People are here for the conversation. They don't care. If they, wanted, if they didn't want to be surprised, they would have watched the episode. So... <laughs> So Max asks what Peter's been working on, and Peter replies that he's trying to track the symbiote. And Max is like, the symbiote that's at the Avengers compound? What are you talking about? And uh, Peter claims that Spider-Man told him that the symbiote was spotted. And Max doesn't question that at all. He doesn't question that Peter just casually chats with Spider-Man. Yeah. And uh, Peter also shares with Max. What? I'm just I'm I'm I I don't want to gloss over that actually because I think it's a thing that comes up again, and I I there's there's plenty about this episode I like, but there's also plenty about this episode I don't like, and that's one of the things. <laughs> yeah, unless Max knows he's Spider Man, but that's been our head canon or theory, yeah. and I don't know if that's something that the show is intentionally yeah. doing. Well, do, I, it also it doesn't excuse Peter volunteering that information though. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, like, multiple times in the scene that he's just, like, Spider-Man told me this and Spider-Man told me that. And it's, like. Right. Peter Parker's not a photographer in this one. So he exactly. can't do that. <laughs> right. That's, like, always been the out that it's, like, everyone sort of knows that Peter and Spidey have a weird relationship. And this one, there is no relationship that anyone knows about. And Max is just, like, oh, huh. Interesting. Okay. Like, 
Ooh, none yeah. of that works out. <laughs> it, it's it's like fine because Max is tired, but like it doesn't explain why Peter is using this strategy. <laughs> why couldn't he just say because Venom attacked Spider-Man in public, like yeah. he knocked over a bus? Why yeah. did he just say I saw the symbiote? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I saw Spider-Man fighting this weird monster that looked like the symbiote near where I hang out because I live there. Yeah, yeah, a little, <laughs> little weird. But yeah, so he he shares all that with Max, and he shares that he's worried that the symbiote bonded with Tony. Uh, and Max explains that, well, actually, Stark and the Avengers are currently off-planet, which is, I mean, I guess it's just... I, I it, that's another one. I mean, you can explain it away that like, that's something that's on the news or that's just known. It's just would be weird that Peter wouldn't have also known that if that was like news, like wouldn't have Peter just like Googled that? I don't know. Uh. Yeah. Oh, that's straight. <laughs> I didn't even think about that part, but yeah, you're right. If Max would know that Tony w- or if Max would know that Tony would know that Tony would know that cause he's in space. Yeah. Uh, if Max would know that Peter would probably know that too. It's just a really mess like uncharacteristically messily written scene i guess from yeah. all of those angles yeah that's weird that is weird like they have to just get a lot of information out and communicate all this stuff between these two characters that aren't supposed to know what the other one is doing or whatever and it just makes it really hard because they just have to work they have to jump through all these hoops to like communicate the knowledge and exchange this but, knowledge but they do not work hard enough to make it make any sense but you wouldn't even need to do that much because if you just have peter acknowledge like why didn't i think of that like, yeah, that's then, true. Bam, you've got an out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause then otherwise you're just like, wait, how does Max know that? What what is what in right. does he have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is like we're not supposed to think that, but like uh, that's what you end up thinking. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, Peter doesn't stop talking about having <laughs> talked to Spider Man. <laughs> so so weird. Peter also shares with Max that Spider Man told him <laughs> that his spider sense doesn't work on the symbiote, which is Why would a wild tell- <laughs> fucking thing for one Spider Man to tell anyone, and two for Peter to tell Max, like because he's Spider Man. Like if he were just a regular person, it wouldn't matter. But like, why would you volunteer that to somebody? Right, but also they've never like. These Max and no one else has ever seen Peter and Spider-Man interact for obvious reasons. But like, it's not like they know any pre-established relationship or that because I was even thinking like, oh, maybe he's thinking that Spider-Man knows that Peter is a Horizon High student with a connection like that. And that that would make sense why he would share that information with Peter. But then it's like Peter wasn't even around at the Stark Expo with when all hell broke loose. So like Max would clock that. And also, how does anyone know that Spider-Man has spider sense in the first place? Does Max even know what spider sense is? And Peter's like, Spider-Man has spider sense. Like, it's oh, all just really messy. Good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's it's like weird it's too. it's thinking too much into it, but it's the fact that like is it? it's one. <laughs> I think if it was like one of these things in the scene, it wouldn't be a big deal. You'd just be like, oh, that's a little weird, but whatever. But like literally every other line is like, what? Why did you tell him that? That is he not going to th- question that? <laughs> like every other line is like another one of those things. It's all just real messy. Yeah, that's so weird. I mean, it it's it's a. Uh... Usually when this show does something messy, it I I think if if I'm recalling the times where I felt like things were particularly messy, it was like purely from a functional standpoint. And that's yeah. what this is too, right? It is to get to the point where Peter can explain or ask Max about a specific energy signature that the symbiote emits, right? Yeah. So that it connects back to I'm trying to track the symbiote. 
he's I don't he really still doesn't he only kind of explains why he's doing it in the first place. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> yeah. all of this is to get at the fact that Peter will be able to track the symbiote because Max discovered that it emitted a very specific energy signature. And I do appreciate the fact that they include Max being like, hold on, like this all seems dangerous. So maybe stop doing what you're doing um, and leave this stuff, the dangerous tasks to superheroes. Yeah. And of course, Peter's like, I will do exactly that. So at least Max sort of like eventually picks up on like, you're doing something weird here and I think you should stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is still like it's, it's not it's, enough, though. It isn't. And it's also weird, too, because I think like they, they have a weird line to tread because obviously they have this mystery going on where they want you to suspect possibly that Max is Venom and maybe even knows that he is or something in some capacity. And right. that's why he's not like really questioning the stuff further. But when you a know the truth that he isn't and be like just what to be in the reality of the scene as it exists. It is really bizarre that this like kind of traumatic thing that happened to horizon that Max was present for that we saw affected him in the Stark Expo episode that he would just be so casual about all of this. Peter's like, the symbiote escaped. And I like Spider-Man told me, and he's just like, all right, well maybe don't do that. Like, no, it was, it's weird that he's like not freaking out more, you know? Well, I mean, maybe, 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 right. If this is all supposed to be clues that, and, and, and if Max is a a suspect and Max is venom, right. Then Mm -hmm. in theory, he is gaining information about what Peter knows and then telling him not to pursue it because Peter knows enough to do something about it. Right. So I guess that's, that's potentially an explanation from like the mystery standpoint of it all. Yeah. But then when you know it's actually like the reality of it, then it just makes Max look like just like a wildly irresponsible yeah. person. <laughs> but I guess you don't know that until the end. And like, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's a mystery that like, I don't know. I, I don't read or watch a lot of mysteries. So I don't know how common it is to have details that just sort of like end up being nothing, but feel like clues in the moment. It's weird because I think with mysteries, sometimes you do have to accept a little bit of like heightened tension where sometimes people will say things that sound really sinister that end up not being sinister at all. Right. Like it's just played sure. like that. So like I think it's because you have to I build think, a suspect. Right. Like I think it's OK to read it like that. And I'm I am OK with taking this episode as a slightly heightened mystery episode where characters are acting a little more suspiciously than they normally would just because we have to have at least two two to three suspects for it, right, for it to work out as a mystery. I'm perfectly okay with that. Um, it it I don't like when it sort of sells Max out as a character a little bit. Yeah. Like and it's and it's just a little bit too much. Like it's just you know, once once you once you know I, that he ultimately isn't Venom, I guess. I think it kinda hurts Peter more. Like I, I'm okay with like Max just being tired and not paying that much attention. I think That's it's fair. I think it hurts Peter to be volunteering information about himself, but also yeah. about his relationship with Peter that nobody or with Spider-Man that nobody knows about. Like, it's so weird because Max can be tired and not being a t- be paying attention, but Peter doesn't have any excuse. Yeah, that's true. That he's got to be like a little bit extra dumb in the scene for any of it to work. And it's, yeah, a yeah that's fair. It's all very weird. It's all a very weird scene. It's all purely functional. <laughs> that's, yep, yep, purely functional. Yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, using his new VPS system, his Venom positioning system, oh. uh, nice. Uh, Spider-Man tracks Venom to the coffee shop, which, what a dink, right? Uh, when the, the VPS outs Spider-Man's intended discreet arrival, Venom attacks, right? He's like, well, now I'll just sneak up on Venom because he doesn't have a spider sense, so payback. Uh, but he doesn't turn his VPS off, so it's comically doing a robot voice about, you have arrived at Venom's location. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, but anyway, Venom's attacking him now. So Venom tries to use a new sonic blaster on Venom, the one that he was working on in his uh, lab. But Venom, like, just neutralizes it with, I guess, two manhole covers made of lead or something. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how chemistry works so <laughs> or physics or anything. Uh, at all so sure um but what's hilarious is he developed this whole sonic blaster that he can wear around specifically to battle venom and venom just breaks it (laughs) it just immediately breaks it Uh, which i kind of appreciate because i don't know i don't need you to have a fancy device just for venom like that's not what makes it fun that's not what makes you too fun doesn't he he break the vps device too like in the same during the same sequence at some point i assume so i think he does uh i think they're the same are they the same device i don't know i just either way it's funny that like all the 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 great tech that peter spent all that time making that's like this will win the day and it's just taken out before he can do anything with either of them oh you know what (laughs) i don't think he i don't know if he I, i i don't know if he breaks it like um like physically but he might have broken it or like or its effectiveness because Ah. what ends up happening is because i'm remembering a specific moment what ends up happening is venom grabs spider-man and begins to like pull him in towards him like real close Mm -hmm. um and spider-man doesn't have his his sound thing anymore i thought this was funny so he calls max's fax machine (laughs) which unleashes the horrible sound of dial-up which is just enough horrible sound for him to escape uh, Venom's grasp. And then he tosses Venom into a nearby storefront. And when he tries to use his VPS to track Venom, it like glitches out. At the very least, it doesn't track Venom. So I don't know if it's not working or if Venom is just gone or what. Like, is he no longer Venom? So like, I say that to say like, maybe he broke it. I don't remember him it being specifically called out as that, but it could have been that. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, either way, they're not functional anymore. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's not doing what he thought it would do. Yeah, I like. Yeah, that. I guess it would have to be broken because at this point he would f- he would kind of figure it out from here. I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So you know, Venom is Venom is gone. Spider Man's kind of wondering, like, okay, who else could be a potential host if it's if Tony is off world? It's got to be somebody. Uh, so he kind of considers everyone at Horizon that maybe interacted with the symbiote. And he realizes that Max actually makes the most sense because he's intelligent, he's a big boy, and he had even more exposure to the symbiote than anyone else. So he kind of knows he can't really, like, investigate until Max is out of his office for the football game. So Pete's like, okay, well, before before that happens, I'll just wait by visiting Midtown to check in with Flash. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. He's going to see how Flash did on his test. Yeah, that's really sweet. (laughs) Well, he does that. He goes to Midtown. He does end up running into Flash. Uh, There's this, like, brief moment where Flash sort of, like, uh, pretend bullies him. I don't know if pretend bullying is a thing if you're not in on it. But uh, he sort of, like, bullies Peter a little bit and then lets him know, like, I got to keep up appearances, Pete. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, maybe you don't. But okay. (laughs) 
Yeah. And the two of them end up running into Mr. Salerno, who's about to yell at Flash for bullying somebody, clearly. But then it pauses when he realizes that the kid Flash is bullying is Peter, who no longer goes there. Obviously, Mr. Salerno would know Peter because Peter is a science genius and Mr. Salerno is a science teacher. Uh, so he's like, what? Hi. Oh, hi, Peter. Peter ends up noticing that Mr. Salerno's arm is in a sling. So Peter asks Mr. Salerno, like, oh, hey, like, how you doing? And Mr. Salerno does not read the question correctly um, and explains that he's having a hard time coping with the fact that he's losing promising students to Horizon High and that he's begun a petition to prevent Max from recruiting at the school. Jesus which, <laughs> damn. Uh, like, I get it. It's not like... It's not really a villainous thing necessarily, but I was not expecting that. It's also a, a lot to lo- to unload on a student that yeah. goes to Horizon High. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As one of the students recruited by Max Modell specifically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite a bit. Also, uh, you know, it, it, it raises some questions that the show doesn't really, I think, want us to explore too deeply, but... Um, the fact that this science teacher who's probably trying to mentor students at the school they work at is basically like having those students being taken away from him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not a good look. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the school wouldn't love that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's pretty heavy. Peter actually confirms that Max is already aware of that. Uh, which means Peter already was aware of it too, which I guess kind of lessens the blow a little bit of, of this sort of sure. uh, this sort of unload. But uh, Peter also clarifies, like, I was just asking about your arm. <laughs> like that's a lot, but like, how's your arm though? <laughs> yeah, Salerno's an odd guy. I think <laughs> like <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> he explains that a strange creature attacked a bus he was on, but then he kind of very quickly changes the subject to Peter visiting Midtown. Uh, so we don't really get to hear more about that, but you know, Peter's definitely heard enough. Yeah, we just know that Mr. Salerno was on the bus. Yeah, uh, that we saw Venom attack, basically. Yeah, exactly. Peter explains that he tutored Flash for the exam, and Mr. Salerno is like, "Oh, well, that makes sense, because Flash passed, and now he's eligible hey. for the weekend's game." Woo-woo. Yeah. Flash celebrates and, and and it's it's so cute. It's so cute. He like is insists that Peter comes and comes to the game. Like yeah. he's so happy with his tiny tutor, as he calls him. Yeah, this is where he starts calling him tiny tutor, isn't it? Yeah, it's so sweet. <laughs> Such a terrible nickname. It's a horrible nickname, but Awful. I mean, I think it fits for like the Flash that they're going for. Yeah, who is like a doofus, but like in a nice kind of in a really like cheesy fun way, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, I I mean I like I I don't like the name and I hate how it sounds and everything, but I think it like makes sense for this Flash. Yeah, yeah they they've done they've done a relatively good job or they've done a relatively successful job, I guess I should say, of making Flash obviously somebody that picks on Peter without really depicting a ton of bullying. Yeah, you know, like he calls him a couple names and he like gives him a noogie. And then Max talks about how Flash made Peter's life hard. And Peter does explicitly call him a bully. But yeah. they 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 get the point across without making, you know, he never shoves him in lockers or pushes him or, like, hits his books or anything like that. Right. Um, which I guess, you know, I'm, I'm sure people have, have plenty to say about it. But I think it, it, it helps get across the fact that this Flash is actually somebody that we can care about and probably will care about. Like, I think it makes it easier for us to get to that point. 
by not having yeah. him be like an explicit piece of shit. <laughs> well, I think I think you can very easily buy that he was probably worse on Peter in the past, and he just right. it just has grown from that. Yeah, um, which I think is like a thing you can really get behind, where it's just sort of like you know you're. You're redeeming your whatever whatever your old ways were, which is nice. Like yeah. you, you see him clearly grow in this episode too. So. And I feel like you know, toot my own horn. I feel like I called that out the first time we saw Flash. Like I feel like mm-hmm. that was something that I was like, this feels like a Flash that like probably still picks on Peter, but isn't necessarily terrible to him. Yeah, <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Right. So. Right. <laughs> Gold sticker for me. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Congratulations. <laughs> Glad I was vibing with these uh, these writers. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular enough patrons, Katie, Mike, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt. Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like peeks behind the curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries, where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. Ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway, so recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. So back at Horizon, Peter begins to connect the dots between Max and the Venom symbiote. Uh, Like Max's insistence that Peter stop working on his recent projects and the attack on Mr. Salerno learning after having, uh, you know, realizing that Mr. Salerno and Max kind of have a beef with each other. To his surprise, when he arrives at Max's office, Max is there and not at the football game. Uh, he kind of asks him why he's there, and Max explains that eh, with Mr. Salerno's petition, it probably just wasn't a great idea to hang around Midtown, which is actually kind of understandable. So It he, is, but good lord. Basically, like Mr. Salerno's filed like a restraining order against Max. Like That's much. basically what it is. Yeah, yeah. But it is very respectful of him to keep his distance. Sure, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. He encourages Peter to, to kind of hurry so he can make it to the game on time. And Peter's like, okay, I guess. And he leaves. <laughs> Peter doesn't want to go so bad. I know. <laughs> it's like, I just want to solve my mystery. I know. Like, just get out of your office. Go home. What go are you home. doing? <laughs> Have fun. Do a thing. <laughs> I just want to, I want to search your office, dude. Come on. <laughs> I just want to poke around. Uh, well, he's, I mean, he does actually still poke around, or at least tries to, because even at the game, which he does go to, he tries to use his tablet to remotely access the symbiote's containment unit's activity log, which is a thing. Um, sure. 
but he doesn't succeed because he can't get onto Midtown's Wi-Fi network, That's so which funny. is so funny. And he's like trying to do it while the crowd is cheering, but he's also like standing up and sitting down with them. So it's not like he's just like sitting there. He's like actively trying to access the Wi-Fi and ask like a sports super fan questions while everybody's like just trying to cheer. It's so, so yeah. stupid. I love it. It's stupid, but it's really <laughs> it's so funny. funny. I like it. And it's very much like this version of Peter that they've so heavily established that like, yeah. I totally buy that he would, that this is the type of thing that he would do. He's yep. not, he's not like mad at sports or whatever. He's not like no. the kind of dork. That's just like, I'm too good for this like dumb thing. Like he's willing to be there and he'll even like participate to the extent that he can. He's just completely out of his element. <laughs> like yeah. that's all it is. Totally. Totally. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. He's not, he, he doesn't have any animosity towards it. He just doesn't care that much. <laughs> right. Like, right doesn't know what to do <laughs> yeah also here's a weird detail that's so funny. funny i love this this is so no, i like stupid. it too i like it too this is another exactly another thing that's so stupid but i i loved it apparently mary jane is the mascot this year for the football team uh which is a tiger so we get a moment where peter learns this and is like that's cool and then says go get him tiger to Mary Jane. <laughs> it's so cute. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like it too. It's also brilliant because it's a way to reference Mary Jane, who I'm sure everybody was wondering about, but not have committed to uh, an actor or a model or anything. Yeah. <laughs> She's technically there, but not there. <laughs> like, we're not ready to do this yet. We're not ready to really introduce her. But she's there, just so you know, so you can calm yeah. down that she's around. It's so funny. It is, and and they even get to play on like that, that you know that that old the old uh, the old trope for Mary Jane, where like you'd never get to see her face for a long time or yep. whatever. But instead of it being like, is she ugly or is she beautiful? It's just like, no, nah, she's just the mascot. And no one's yeah. <laughs> that's all. Exactly. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, love it. Mm-hmm. So Peter Peter's uh, spots flash on the field, you know, before before they before the game, or I don't know, maybe they're they're taking a break or whatever. Uh, either way, Flash goes up to Peter and and Peter asks Flash how he's feeling. Flash says he's pumped and ready to beat Truman. When Peter says that waiting to beat Truman's quarterback on the field was the right way to go, Flash reveals that the quarterback actually isn't playing. He explains that Truman's quarterback claimed to have been injured in Venom's attack at the coffee shop. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Which is like. This is. <laughs> huh. I'm, I'm willing to be transparent. This is the moment where I was like, oh, they are doing Flash Venom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is exactly when you're supposed to if you're not, you know, solving yeah. the mystery along the way. Yeah. Uh, I but. was. I was. I was. Um. When I watched it, I wasn't so much like I, – I just – I think was just really intrigued of the idea of Max being Venom. So I wanted that to be the case, honestly. Yeah. So I think I was sort of like, I'm going to just hope that that's what it is. Sure, sure. <laughs> and and so that still like surprised me, but not so much because I was like along for the mystery, but more just like, oh, okay, this is actually – they are just doing Flash Venom. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's still different. Like it's still it's still unexpected for them to do Flash Venom in this way, in the context of this episode. So it's all it's yep. all cool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have more to say when we get Flash Venom. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but at this point, I was very excited because I I was like, oh, and not because I don't want a Max Venom. Like I was here for that too. I also, when Tony was taken out of the equation. 
and it was very obviously supposed to be Max. Mm-hmm. And then in this moment when it was like, oh, it's actually Flash, there was still a small part of me that was like, it could also be just somebody else. Like, I yeah. wouldn't put it past the episode to trick everybody involved and have it yeah. be somebody none of us were really expecting. I wouldn't have loved it, but I wouldn't have been surprised by it. Yeah, it could have just been like, it was Eddie Brock all along, and this is just how we introduce them or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, right. it could, yeah, there's, there's, there was no way to know that this was going to be the actual end point right. um, necessarily. Especially if you were looking at the time left in the episode. Right, <laughs> right. I do really like how excited Flash is to see Peter in this scene. Me too. I really hope that they, I really want them to do more with this. I really, Mm -hmm. really genuinely do. And it worries me a little bit because we talked last week about how characters can sometimes disappear without proper acknowledgement of that. But we also talked about wanting more episodes that are focused on very small slices of the large cast. And if they, if they kind of balance that correctly, then I, I really do want more Flash because I want more episodes that focus on Peter and Flash's, like, burgeoning friendship. Yeah. I just worry that, like, we're going to get this lovely moment here where, like, they're friends now or they're at least, like, willing to be friends. Or honestly, what it more li- like, what it actually is is, like, Flash being somebody who I think is more just sort of straightforward with his emotions and a mm-hmm. little bit more black and white with what he considers friendship just now immediately considers Peter a friend and Peter's like reluctant friend back, which fucking love that dynamic so much. Uh It's like one of my favorite character dynamics. Yeah. And I want to see that play out, but I'm worried we're not going to see flash for like another four episodes. (laughs) I I think. Yeah. Well, I I mean, even then like that, that would still be better than if he just disappears for like a whole season or whatever, because they do have an out with flash because he doesn't go to Peter's school. So that's true. I get that. And this is still an episode like last, like the last episode before it, where it is just like, it's a pretty narrow scope, and it doesn't feel as much like it as, it, as the Spider-Man on Ice episode because of the mystery element, but right. it is still just about Peter, Max, and Flash, basically, are the pretty only much. important characters, which is still a much more narrow scope than usual. Yeah, and I, and I like that a lot because then you get a lot more f- fleshed-out relationship for both of those characters with Peter. Yeah, I just want more. Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess, yeah, you're right. That's a good point about the Midtown thing, but just don't let Flash disappear. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think I don't that think this so is. Either. I think that this is still setting up for the future. I think that this is a transitional Flash Venom. I think that there will be some I... Flash Venom in some capacity in the future for this show. I think there has to be, but that's based on that's based on like external factors. That's not based on what I've seen in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the only reason I'm I. I, I worry. My brain is it's too good at compartmentalizing those things, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we, we can tell what's going on, I think, in real time. But Peter is still trying to kind of connect this new information about the quarterback backs to Max because he's still hung up on Max being Venom. Uh, but he can't figure it out. So he's like, why would Venom attack a random high school quarterback? So then he's kind of thinking back to his recent interactions with Flash, and then he realizes what we were also all realizing is that all the clues actually lead back to Flash. He just didn't see it because he assumed the symbiote could only be it would only be attracted to geniuses. I think that's the line where he says, like, I was so distracted by Venom having to be someone smart that I underestimated Flash. Yeah. 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 Which is, you know, also kind of a, you know, a, a nice little like acknowledgement that it's like Flash isn't stupid. He's a doofus, but he can be smart. So yeah, yeah. It it also it's funny too because it kind of plays a little bit into 
the 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 better moral and bow of last week's episode yeah uh whereas like anybody ordinary can be extraordinary or something ordinary can turn out to be or do extraordinary things or whatever yeah so (laughs) maybe this is reinforcing what he learned at the end maybe this is just actually it solidifying (laughs) you know what's so funny if you want to go for like a meta synergy with us like the 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 month that this episode comes out the most recent falling with style episode is on ratatouille and a big Mm. part of that movie is also like you can't underestimate where people come from like you some sometimes unexpected people who come from unexpected places can do extraordinary things like is a major moral in that movie like that's yeah it's everywhere true it's everywhere man now i really need um uh fan art of remy venom (laughs) oh my god (laughs) please thank you (laughs) well the crossover that no one wanted but everyone should have wanted i guess now i'm gonna commission a bunch of pixar characters hosting the venom symbiote oh my god Uh, Rex Venom, get pumped. Hey, I'm here for that, 100%. <laughs> anyway, so we were talking about how uh, Peter is now figuring it out, just like a beat after we figure it out. But we also get the flashbacks that help us a little bit, right? Peter figures it out after the flashbacks. <laughs> As he figures it out, we do get confirmation that his suspicions are correct, because when Flash is dogpiled by the opposing team, Venom starts to emerge from within flash underneath flash's clothing whatever the case may be and then emerges entirely (laughs) in order to throw the dog pile off of him like Mm -hmm. we see it sort of seep out of his uniform dog pile happens dog pile explodes off of him full venom there for everybody to see (laughs) not really how i was expecting that to go down (laughs) so naturally the crowd runs for safety Peter changes into Spider-Man and he grabs an air horn because at this point, firmly established sound works. So he blows the horn. He is able to temporarily talk to Flash, which is devastating because Flash is like, what's happening to me? (laughs) It's like, oh no. (laughs) And Spider-Man's like, just fight it, man. Just fight it. And Flash is like, I'm trying. And then you see the like, the Venom symbiote like go over his face and into his eyeball. Oh yeah, it's gross. <laughs> and then he goes full Venom again so that they can fight on the football field. Yeah. So I guess like the implication with this Flash Venom is like there's still the V252 in storage with at the Avengers compound, but Flash by interacting with Venom like got a piece of it, like a spore or something like that, like that's like inside of his body, I guess. That All just took right. a while to manifest, right? It's Let's like they don't talk explain about it. <laughs> they don't explain any of that. But that's what I was sort of thinking about: is that it's sort of like maybe this. It's sort of like how Venom. It's weird because we know in the comics Venom can reproduce and stuff, and then that's how he gets Carnage and stuff. But maybe there's like a different version of of reproduction or some or or, or separation or cloning or whatever in this show where it can like unleash a piece of it that essentially acts as a spore within a person because the way that flash venom operates is different than when the symbiote was on Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which you could argue that if it's the same entity, maybe it just learned from being Spider-Man and is just like, fuck it. I'm just going to act like a full on parasite this time and not even try to pretend to be a suit or, or it's a sort of separate entity from the venom symbiote that's in the Avengers compound. And that's why it operates differently because it's like growing inside of his body. And this is like, I don't know, like a 
almost like a baby symbiote that's just taking over a person or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. And there's a lot of questions about that because none of that gets explained right. at all. So, I mean, I will, I will fully admit that like, I'm going to be totally results oriented about this and I, how they choose to address this or explain this or tie this up is going to determine how I ultimately feel about it. Because like by the end of this episode, I don't, love what they do with venom from this point f- to the end of the episode <laughs> oh no be either i don't like, like i really don't like it um mm-hmm. but i could be convinced depending on what their sort of vision for venom is which again outside of what we've actually seen we're fully aware that they have an entire season called maximum venom right yeah. so like this could be sort of the the foreshadowing or the beginning planting the seed of how we get to that point. But as it stands and while I'm watching it, I'm like, I don't like it because you're right. They don't explain how flash is venom. They do explain that he is a suspect or is is made possible to be a host because he was exposed to it physically, which we did see. Um, That's not a surprise to us, but they don't actually explain what his symbiote is or what his suit is. Yeah. Tons of questions, no answers. I got to expect we'll get answers eventually because <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine none of this ends up explained at all. I guess I just have, I, I have a lot of trouble anytime there's like, not just with this show, but like anytime where there's things that have like really specific rules that are set up and then the rules are just completely like thrown out the window and not explained for why they are like, Especially in a case like this where, like, there's plenty of ways that it could make sense. Like, I can see a million avenues, like, that I was just trying to explain where I could sort of seeing it making sense in, in this right. in it. But they don't even try to address that. No. Like, it is casually thrown out by Spider-Man and it's like, looks di- it looks like my suit, but it's kind of different. And then that's about it. Like, they, and they don't go forward with it at all. Um, and just sort of accept, like, oh, I guess if someone interacted with Venom directly a lot, they can just become Venom now. Which like okay I guess so but uh, you know nobody no there's no way to know how anyone came to any conclusion or anything so it's like I mean I hope that's not it right I don't I, want that to be it I don't either I hope that there would be more to it as well you know it's yeah. but I also wouldn't be I also would not be that surprised if they just rewrite the rules for this episode or rewrite the rules rules here and then going forward, you know, like, and just don't pay attention to what came before it or something. Like, would I don't know. Me more. I would rather you change the rules without necessarily explanation, but then stick to your rules mm-hmm. and have them be completely different than change the rules once and then go back to what I would prefer. Like, I feel like yeah. I would like that less. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I do think like, I, again, I don't know anything about what the last season really is, but no I know that it's called maximum venom and involves venom a lot. So like, I, I could see it being like, they just, like you were saying, they just kind of rewrite the rules a bit in this episode where it's just like, well, Venom just can make everybody Venom if it wants to. And that's what happens in the future. So they can have that set up for the future. And then maybe that's that's their avenue to having multiple people be Venom if they want to have Flash Venom, but also an Eddie Brock Venom and a whoever else Venom at the same time, maybe. Um, I, but again, that's still like a lot of rewriting that they did on, on a thing that they just had and just established with very clear rules that just seems way overly complicated. But you know what though? They, I think even, okay. I think that's even further down the road from the, the first question we should be asking. True. Because 
because they actually they establish how the black suit works they this we have not had venom before this so they didn't even within their own universe establish what venom even is to us sure so like that's fair like so like i think that is probably what bothers me the most is like because okay i'm gonna jump ahead just a second or i'm gonna get to the next beat i guess just because i think this will help they do fight on the football field and spider-man is like well i i my air horn ran out right and i can't fight him with my fist that never that doesn't work i can't even say that never works because it's only the second time he's fought him or third time he's fought him so he convinces everybody who's left to use their air horns all at once and this much to my surprise forces the symbiote off of flash entirely flash will no longer wear the symbiote for the rest of the episode don't love it yeah <laughs> but it happens yeah okay so now the reason I, I wanted to get to that point is because I wanted to get to the point where Flash is no longer wearing the the Venom symbiote. Flash wears the Venom symbiote a couple times when he fights Spider-Man, and those are all part of the mystery portion of the episode. When the mystery is actually answered, Flash is Venom for such a short period of time that we don't even have like a Venom to compare anything to. It's not like we had an episode of Venom and then everything is surprising because that's not how I thought it worked. Spider-Man never at any point thought anything about this type of Venom, I guess, only in comparison to himself, I guess. I don't know. It's just so weird. It's such a weird way to do it. Yeah, it's um, weird. Like, I, I don't know what this show... I, I guess if I just move the starting point backwards and I don't separate flash venom from black suit spider-man and technically spider-man is just the first venom then i guess it starts to make a little bit more sense but it still doesn't it still doesn't answer any of the questions that you were asking you know yeah yeah like it's just weird there's like not even a template to start from i don't know i'm just very confused and i i i really hope that we don't have to wait too long to get something that clarifies some of it well, we will on the podcast because it's going to be a while before we do the show. No, again. I know. Like, I, just in the show. Yeah. <laughs> in the I, show. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that like I, I don't I don't mind the idea of like maybe them sort of changing things a little bit and then just being like, we'll explain this later or something like that. But even even it, like if that's what they're if that's what they end up doing. But I, I do need wish... an explanation. If I have to wait till season two, that's fine. But I want to know. And I do wish there was a little more of an acknowledgement that it's just like, this is operating way differently than I was expecting, and we're going to have to figure that out. And, and also, I wish that they didn't just have Flash stop being Venom and then give the Venom symbiote to three other football players and just kind of have a redo of the the werewolf episode, essentially. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. I know that they need to have Flash have a big hero moment. I would be, I honestly would feel better if, like, Spidey finds a way to get the symbiote off of Flash but then it just goes on to someone else, and then he's out of air horns or something, and I have to figure out, and then they have to figure out another avenue, and then Flash helps save the day if they want to give Flash his big hero moment or something. I don't know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't like just, him. I just don't next... like it going to three yes. football players because then that just makes everything. It makes things so much more confusing. Yeah, and so much more complicated because then it's just like so – can everyone just be spontaneously possessed by Venom at the same time? Like, anyone who's in Venom's vicinity, everyone can just become an army of Venoms instantaneously that easily? Like, it's, that it's, feels weird. Well, it's weird, and I know it, it It probably sounds ridiculous for us to, like, be asking so many questions, but, like, it also isn't. Because 
like like you said, Venom Venom generally works in a very particular way, and they don't veer too much from that. And when they do, it's like significant. Yeah. This is like with no explanation, and then it doesn't even follow. It never establishes rules, so I guess it doesn't have to follow them. Maybe is their mentality. But yeah, when it splits into three and then goes on to three football players, one, they don't even act like or look like Venom. They're also like partially covered, not fully covered. And I think that's which their explanation. Raises a lot of questions anyway. So like, yeah. is it a finite amount of material? And so it can't cover three people. But then like, are they all part of the, are they a hive now? Like what, what am right. I looking at? <laughs> like, I think the explanation for why what I just said, where you can't just have an army of venoms can't happen is because they try to be like, well, they're each only partially covered. They're not each fully venom. You would need the full symbiote to become venom. But then it's like, but isn't it still only a part of what the, the venom that the Avengers have is like, it's, isn't it still a separate organism from that? So how does that work? Like there's, it's like every time we've, you can come up with some sort of like half answer, like there's still a million more questions sprung up from well, it. <laughs> and even if, even if they tried to explain everything that's happening on the surface of the earth, they still haven't explained if this is from the Avengers compound or not. Like that's they never definitive. they never in this episode, definitively tell us in fact they go out of their way to not tell us yeah because we get to a place where peter no longer cares to talk to tony yeah uh they never tell us if the symbiote is still at the avengers compound which again could be remedied i could be totally fine with everything once we know but right now we don't know anything and it's so frustrating i don't need a a venom story to go a particular way yeah i just need it to make sense (laughs) yeah it's a bizarre episode because it is one of those things where it's like i i I, yeah, I have no issues with going a different direction with Venom. And I actually, like I said, I, I like the mer- I like the sort of uh, mis- like Scooby-Doo mystery idea Love element of Venom. And I and I don't have even have an issue with like reinterpreting Venom as like just like a fully like zombie parasite thing if they want to go in that direction. It just has to make sense in some way. And this episode just doesn't even try to make it make any sense. It's just like, yeah, this is just Venom now. Just it's go just with it. It's just stuff that's happening that all yeah. is Venom related. Yeah. And, and I just expect more from this show because I do think that this, for all its flaws and faults in some areas, I don't think it's generally just mixed stories and characters that make absolutely no sense. Like when it, it does. It doesn't do things just to do things. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That's a better way to put it because it does do stuff that doesn't make sense sometimes like in the ice episode last week. But like it's <laughs> like usually it doesn't just do stuff without a reason. And this one feels like they just, just did it for no reason. Yeah. I just, it's so strange, especially because, and I know we're jumping sort of all over the place, but like, especially because the other suspect Max eventually shows up in the same location. So you could have literally had both of them be Venom. I think that would be really, that would have been really fun. That would have have saved flash and it could have ended up on max. (laughs) Like I would have loved that. I don't know. It's just, it's such, it's such a bizarre direction. Maybe they just didn't want us to be able to expect what happened next. And I didn't, Mm -hmm. but like that, that's, that's the, that's the game of Thrones subverted expectations problem where they're so, so into the idea of subverting expectations that it ends up being completely nonsensical and everyone just hates it. Not because it subverted their expectations, but because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can subvert expectations if you just change the rules of everything and don't make anything correspond with anything that you set up. That is technically subverting expectations. Doesn't make it good. Yeah. 
my expectation was that it would make sense and you certainly <laughs> right. subverted that right right <laughs> and do they actually explain why max was acting so suspicious at all and so weird about anything no we are just... we are just to trust that he in fact was working late yeah which is fine it's just i wish that i don't know they actually could have solved all of it if all along it really was both of them were Venom and there were two Venoms all along, actually. Ooh, that, that would have been, been so good. Awesome. I would have loved been so that. so good. Especially if they somehow could have crafted it in such a way that it was one symbiote, but bo- but it was it, both of them were hosting it separately, you know? Yeah, like it was jumping back and forth between yes. the two of them. Yes. Oh, that would have been so much fun. Uh, and you could kind of see how they could do that if – if Spider-Man gets it off of Flash and then Max arrives and you can somehow depict that the symbiote recognizes him or he is drawn to it, like, yeah. it could be a big moment. That would be really, really cool. And you wouldn't have to change that much in the episode to make that work. Mm, nope. You yeah. actually could solve it the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, and much more cleanly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and what's, 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 um, what's upsetting about disliking so much about what happens immediately following Flash losing the symbiote is that I actually like the way they solve it. I enjoy I it. Do too. I think it's really fun. I think it's great. I think it's a great use of Flash. I think Flash yeah. rules in this episode. Like, yeah. objectively, I mean, not objectively, separate from, from any of the Venom stuff. No matter what, Flash is great. And I love what they do with him. I love this episode for him. That's why I feel so weird about the episode in general because I think I like. I liked, I enjoyed watching the episode and I like, like the episode for a lot of the stuff it's doing. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah. It's climax in a really frustrating way. Right. It's so weird to build up to something and then have it be so strange and confusing. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. really, honestly, just the fact that it slides off of him and ends up on three football players. And you made a good point, especially only, uh, you know, a couple episodes after they did the exact same thing with the werewolves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I hope we get an explanation uh, at some point, and I will revisit my feelings when we do. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we even get that explanation. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Anywho, we got these now sort of Venoms, these sort of like half-covered football players <laughs> who are possessed in maybe a hive mind together. And obviously Spider-Man's like, I don't know what to do about three of them. Uh, but they're attacking us, so he swings himself and Flash onto one of the football goalposts. The two of them begin to strategize. Spider-Man theorizes that they might actually be able to chemically affect the symbiotes because they don't have any sonic devices anymore, but he's not sure exactly how or what they could use to do that. And Flash, having just taken, I guess, a chemistry test, uses knowledge from that recent exam and suggests they use fire extinguishers because uh, he says fire ex- the chemicals in fire extinguishers separate oxygen from the the air i guess to to suffocate a fire which i didn't even know that i didn't even know that's how that worked i assume um, so, i don't know i didn't know either i just assume yeah. they're saying correct information yeah yeah so cool flash um and spider-man's like thompson you're a genius and is like that'll definitely work so spider-man agrees to distract the sort of venoms in i actually thought this was really funny a football inspired clash where he makes all sorts of like football jokes and they sort of kind of play like a one-on-three football game and he makes like web footballs (laughs) like i thought it was actually really funny well i like it because they 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 call it out too because there's a certain point where he's like uh don't worry i only know a few football terms so i'm always done with that (laughs) exactly it's great it's really really funny 
And then even better, on top of that, while that's happening, Flash is running through the school and, like, pumping himself up and, like, being his own sports commentator as he runs through the school, <laughs> grabbing fire extinguishers, sliding down, like, the, the banisters of the stairs, like... So good. So good. Flash really is good. adorable in this in this moment. He is they do a nice balance <laughs> with him because he's so full of himself, but like he earns it. Like it's like yeah. it's I'm okay that you're overly confident and full of yourself. Because you know what? You're doing cool stuff, so you should be. He's full of himself, <laughs> but he's like it's the type of thing where if you caught him doing it in the moment, he'd probably still be a little bit embarrassed that he got caught like Yeah doing it i guess i don't sure. know like it or 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 you would expect him to at the very least right yeah. he might not but you would expect him to <laughs> sure it's sure. so funny it's so funny <laughs> yeah but it all works i mean flash returns uh he has a couple fire extinguishers they spray and i guess freeze the symbiotes this is okay another thing that was funny to me that wasn't supposed to be funny uh-huh. they go through so much trouble to have the characters explain that one, you should never use a fire extinguisher this way. <laughs> and two, this the we are not actually hitting the people. We're hitting the symbiotes, which means the people are not being harmed at all. And then Flash even gives like he even like gives like an explanation of like why it's not hurting them. And it is it was so funny to me because I was like, wow, y'all could have literally just I know it would be uncharacteristic for this show. It would be sort of like more of an ultimate Spider-Man thing to do. You could have literally just had Spider-Man turn to the camera and say in a funny way, don't try this at home. Like, and I don't think anybody would have questioned it. Yeah. (laughs) It's really, it feels like a censored, like, like a censored note thing, you know, like, because it's so weirdly like hammered in. Yeah. But it it was also weird. Isn't even fully correct. I feel like, (laughs) like, I feel like they're talking when you don't even necessarily see them. Yeah. And it's also weird too, because it kind of contradicts it a little bit because they go through all these things where it's basically saying, don't try this at home. But then Flash is still like, this isn't hurting the humans. This is only hurting the symbiote, which then implies like, oh yeah, you can just spray any person with a fire extinguisher and they'll be fine. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Very strange. I almost think they would have been better to just not do that. Yeah. Like not do the whole like weird explanation. I don't know. Or, or, or explain it after the fact. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody runs up while they're doing it and is like, you're going to hurt them. And they're like, no, we only hit the symbiotes. Like, I don't even know. Like, it just was such a bizarre way to handle it. Yeah. But it ended up being bizarre. funny because it was so bizarre. Mm-hmm. At least to me. <laughs> I, actually, somebody does show up in this moment. But I guess after after uh, they've done their explanation. And that person is Max. So, like we kind of alluded to earlier, Max does show up eventually. Right. Obviously, this is confusing to <laughs> Spider-Man. Although, wait, hold on. Hold on. What? Spider-Man is still Spider-Man in this moment, right? Oh. So why would Max need to explain to anybody why he's there? Oh. Huh, wait. Mm. Because I was just, I was just, I I wasn't thinking about the fact that, like, Peter would be confused to see Max. Spider-Man would have no reason to be confused to see Max. But Max still has to explain, clearly now that I'm thinking about it only for the audience why he's I, there there's got to be a, a way that they transitioned into it because that i don't i feel like i feel like both of us one of or one of us would have clocked that when we were watching it i feel like maybe it would have been just a general what are you doing here kind of thing 
somebody does ask. I know somebody asks. Yeah, I think that that would have been fine. I think that that still works. And then he just like you know he maybe explains a little more in depth than normal. But some I think I think it's just a general like wait what are you doing here just in general or something like that. I I don't know. I don't know because his explanation doesn't make any sense. If if some if someone's just being like what are you doing here, guy? (sighs) Yeah, I mean Spider Man and Max have interacted. I guess. But he wouldn't. It still was weird. But Mr. And Mr. Salerno doesn't show up until after the explanation, right? So I, yeah, I don't know why anyone would ask that. Yeah, basically, Max explains. He explains, which makes sense to us in the moment, but I don't know why it would make any sense to anybody present. He yeah. says, "If you can't face your opponent in a sports arena, where can you?" Which is his way of saying, basically, we realize like he can't run away from the conflict that is happening between him and Mr. Salerno. What better place to do it than? On a football field, I guess. Okay, so he was planning. That still doesn't make any. Okay, now that I'm thinking about this, like, I get the metaphor and all that shit or whatever. But, like, so his – because the reason that we were kind of praising him for for backing away from the situation was because, like, yeah, don't show up to the school that's, like, currently petitioning to, like, have you stay away from the school. That would look weird. But then he's like, I'm going to come to a football game and, like – have, like, a direct confrontation with the teacher who hates me at a football game? Like, is that what he's thinking of doing? I don't understand. Well, I – yeah. I mean, like, the petition is specifically (laughs) that he can't recruit there. Right, right. Like, we compared it to a restraining order. It's not that he's not allowed to be there. But it still would be be a bad look to show up if that's something that's, like, well-known among the school especially. He would be kind of a villain to Midtown in a way. So, like, I get – his logic makes perfect sense to not show up there at a football game supporting Midtown. It would look weird. But then he's like, oh, yeah, well, what better way to face your opponent than a sports arena? So it's like your opponent – Either you're saying your opponent was all of Midtown, which no. is still like weird. Like <laughs> I think I this uh, this is not explained in the episode. But if Max is a football fan, and if if Midtown is a a school that he frequently goes to football games at, and he's not going to this football game because of the petition, then it, I I could see that being noticed, right? And so yeah. I could see a moment where he's like, you know, what? it's silly for me not to go to a football game when I would have gone anyway okay. just because of this thing. That's so fair. I could see that being it, but again, we're doing that work, which we haven't had to say in a while, but like this episode has us doing a lot of work. Um, yeah. So I could see it, but I still think it's weird that he would have explained that to anybody at all. And I do think it's, I get why they use the language they do because it's a sports themed episode, but calling Mr. Salerno an opponent um, and specifically referring to it as an arena is a strange choice because what would make more sense is for him to not be facing an opponent, but be facing the sort of like difficult reality of not being able to go somewhere and do something he already genuinely just enjoys. Yeah. But you know, that's, that's not what they were exploring earlier. <laughs> yeah. I did not go into this episode after I watched it expecting to have as many complaints as I did, but it's like a really, it's just a really bizarrely messily written episode for one, for one that's doing a lot of cool stuff. Like, the you know? mis- I think the mystery is cool. Mm-hmm. I think Flash and Peter is cool. Yeah. I think from the moment the mystery is solved, the plot is pretty much not good. And it's just kind of everything kind of falls apart after yeah. after that point, right? And a lot of things that made sense before stop making sense once you understand everything 
that was solved by the mystery, which is unfortunate because you should be able to sit there and have an explanation for why you were misdirected. Yeah, I think they're just not good mystery writers. Like, it's good that they're in comedy and, and in a hey, superhero show because you know, this does not work as a mystery at all. Like you know, by the end, I like the idea of it and the setup. The buildup works when it is still a mystery. It's working. But yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. But yeah, so then then they do a lot of sort of just like tying things up, right? Because Max shows up, he says that weird thing. Um, he tells Spider, yeah, see, it is Spider-Man. He tells Spider-Man and Flash they need to hurry to contain the frozen symbiote. There is no beat where Spider-Man could stop being Spider-Man. That's so fucking weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> as they sort of stand around, I guess, and wonder how to do that, Mr. Salerno then arrives with a large container so that they can put every, like, put the pieces of the symbiote into it. The two teachers face each other. Max apologizes to Mr. Salerno and they agree that like for future, see, this is also weird. They agree that for future Horizon recruitment, Max won't actively recruit. He will just take recommendations from Mr. Salerno, which I don't even really – I mean, I kind of understand from an interpersonal standpoint, like, where this this helps. But, like, wouldn't Mr. Salerno just not recommend students to Horizon High if he's um, upset about losing students? I guess the, the idea then is that he's just upset that Max is there. I No, I think it makes sense. I think it's, I think it's more like he's putting – he's – because I think before it, it, he was just basically pulling students from Midtown without pretty much without Midtown's like consent or whatever, or not he consent, need their like consent. without their <laughs> without their like yeah, he doesn't need it. I guess without like Midtown having any kind of input at all, and he was just kind of plucking students out willy nilly, and that probably felt just really disrespectful to Midtown yeah. as as a school, and felt like they were just kind of on a, on the attack with it. And in this case, it's kind of putting all of the power in in Midtown, where Midtown can be like. Like can yeah. essentially set up students to be able to go to, to Horizon or look be on the lookout for them, and they they get to be completely in control ultimately, and so there can it can be more of a symbiotic relationship between the two rather than Horizon just sort of poaching students from there. Well, and I get that from like an interpersonal standpoint or like a Mister Salerno's feelings standpoint, which isn't invalid, but it in theory would result in the same thing. And I feel like Mr. Salerno did express that that was a frustration of his. Yeah. That he was losing losing students. <laughs> sure. I guess. I don't know. But I, I mean, guess it's, it's a better arrangement. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It is better. But I, it's better because I feel like there's nothing wrong with Horizon recruiting at the school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's not like a good – I mean, I guess because like there's not really a good way to do it. So like this – and this is a case where it's sort of like – yeah, I guess you're right. It's like it's it makes sense interpersonally because it's like Horizon essentially conceding to letting Horizon have the control, but it still would be probably theoretically the same amount of students leaving Midtown to Horizon. But I guess the fact that they can do it on Hor- on on Midtown's time and everything yeah. is a little, a little bit different too. Rather than Max just coming in probably unexpectedly and just being like, "Oh, the students ours now, bye." Like you know. Yeah. Yeah. The br- the bridges aren't burnt, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't seem like Max cared, so but whatever. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I don't know. It's true. I agree. Yeah, yeah. They also, I mean, he couldn't have set up an event there without them allowing him to. So 
I don't know. That's a good point. Oh my god. This the more we look at this episode, the more it's just turning into just something else. This episode was not made for our podcast, which I think is fair to acknowledge. Yeah. (laughs) This episode was not made to be looked at the way that we're looking at, which doesn't make it better and it doesn't make things make more sense. But it's what we do, is we look at it very closely. Yeah. (laughs) Not to nitpick, we just happen to look very closely. And we know what to expect when you're looking at, like, you know, like, Spider-Woman or something like that. Or, like, you know, Amazing Friends. Like, we know we know right. what to expect from it. And this we show... We measure you against your own ruler. Yeah. To this show's credit, it has been a generally consistently written show that does pay at least a certain amount of attention to its own details. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's it's really out of the ordinary for this show to fall apart as much as it is when you're looking at any of the details. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, this is another this. I referenced this earlier as well because we were jumping around. But Spider-Man receives a message back from Tony Stark. This drove me nuts. Tony Stark says, sorry, I didn't get back to you sooner. I was in space. What a world. Huh? Call me back. Not the message itself, but the fact that Peter is just sort of like, well, don't need to talk to him anymore. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, I have a question for you, though. Do you happen to know? I didn't look this up, so I wouldn't have expected you to either. I'm assuming this is probably coinciding with something that they were doing in Avengers Assemble. Was Avengers Assemble happening at this point when the show was airing? Uh, did it, had it ended already? I think there's at least one crossover with this Spider-Man with Avengers. So I think that it was, but I don't know what was happening with it. The emphasis on what a world, huh, makes me feel like that is like an actual sort of like uh, nod to something that the Avengers Maybe. were doing in a show. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I hope so. That'd be fun. Yeah. No big deal if not. Well, the next day, Peter returns to Midtown High to return Mr. Salerno's equipment. His bucket. But he's accosted in the halls by uh, two of Flash's friends. Flash, however, intervenes and tells them to leave Peter alone because without Peter, he wouldn't have been able to help Spider-Man save the day. Again. Also adorable, because he doesn't say without Peter's help, he wouldn't have been able to play in the game. Mm-hmm. He says without Peter's help, I wouldn't have been able to help Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He's so cute. He's such a, he wants to be a good dude so badly. It's right? so sweet. He does. Yeah. He does. So Flash assures Peter that he never has to worry about being bullied at Midtown again. Because moving forward, the two will be like two peas and a paramecium. <laughs> He's so cute. He's so cute. He loves Peter uh... so much. And it even ends with Peter calling Flash his hero and Flash giving Peter a very affectionate noogie. Yep. Aw, yep. they're so cute. I love to, Peter doesn't say it this way, but like the words are all correct in that like, basically Flash is saying like, I'll protect you. And Peter's saying like, my hero. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah, Flash is Peter's knight. It's great. He really is. I love it. I love it's it. great. Well, a couple faces of the episode- or, I guess, in the case of this first one, Oof. sexy pose of the episode. Am I Hell right? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is where Max is tired and comes into uh, Peter's lab. And he, like, looks at something on Peter's shelf. He's sort of, like, half in, half out of it. And he just, like, stretches and, like, runs his fingers through his hair. But it it literally looks like the type of, like... Like it looks like a modeling pose. Like it, does. it looks <laughs> it looks like he's trying to be sexy. <laughs> there are a certain subset of people that follow us on social media, maybe listen to the podcast, I don't know, but definitely follow us on social media that are going to absolutely uh-huh. lose their shit when we post this image. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's <saying>. uh <laughs> it's holy triceps. 
It's uh, holy, holy. Uh, what is it? Uh, what, am, what word am I trying to think? I have no idea what you're trying uh, to say right now. I want to say smolder, but that's not a word. Smolder? Yeah, that's a smolder. Word. Is that what I'm yeah. trying to say? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like a smoldering glare or whatever. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that. It's uh, a pinup. It's a pinup pose. It is exactly totally it is. a pinup pose. Yeah. It really is. Oh my that's gosh. Yeah. Just fan art. Like is what it is. Like that's exactly what it is. Sexy yeah. fan art. Yeah. So yep. sexy pose of the episode goes to Max. Uh, what did you expect? We haven't seen Max in a while. Yeah. Yeah. We needed it. We needed it. <laughs> <laughs> the other face. I actually pretty much went in, went into it. Uh, it's just like flash and uh, the other quarterbacks, like sort of anime, like head, head to head and profile uh, faces yep. that they had. And they're just hilarious. Hilariously yeah. drawn. They're just great. It's so funny. Flash's, Flash's bottom, face. bottom oh lip, God. man. It's yep. ridiculous. His frown is so severe. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very like just kiss meme, you know? Yep. <laughs> or now yep. kiss or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, or or like the anime spark between the eyes. Uh very good. Very good stuff. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, I don't know if I have anything left to say about this episode. Yeah. It's um yeah, I like some stuff to not very very, very much explicitly did not like other stuff with yeah. it. Yeah, it's just it, a messy, it, messy episode. It's it's wild too because it's weird that a detail that takes so little time, like screen time, weighs it down so much for me. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. well, because like, like it's like the crux of the episode though. Like yeah. that's where everything pivots on. So yeah, it ends up being like one of my least favorite episodes of this show, if not my least favorite episode of this series that we've talked about. And it's all basically because of that climactic moment. Yeah, it's pretty bummer. Bad. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's I mean, it's not pretty bad. It's a, it's a, it's a good episode in a lot of yeah. other respects. It's just a bummer that it's like turns the way that it does. Yeah, yeah. It's like a weird. It's a weird place to like end our coverage of it for a while because like it's not at all the best of what this show has to offer because this show has had some real great gems in it and it's just it, it's and a lot of its problems are not characteristic of this show yeah. either in, in, in a strange way. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's fun because we got venom, but it's yeah, it's a bummer because it's not indicative of what the show is. Yeah, yeah, it's never the show is not a messily written show most of the no. time. So no, it's actually yeah. very very tight most of the time. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, look forward to coming back to it for hopefully yeah. better episodes to finish out the season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, if you would like uh, a little bit of. Tightness and a little bit of messiness. You can find both of those things on our Patreon, depending on what level you're at. Uh, because if you're at the $1 level, you get all of our spider bites, which tend to be pretty tight. And if you're at the $5 level, you get all of our After Dark commentaries, which tend to get a little bit messy. So go over to patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. You can check all that out, see if there's a tier that is perfect for you. In the meantime, you can check out uh, the two of us all over the place. Derek, where can people find you on the internet and the stuff you're working on? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the Four-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. And if you like books or video games or both, you can check me out on Novel Gaming, a podcast about 
both, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I talk about all the media we've been consuming lately. If you would like another podcast from Derek and me, you can check out our monthly podcast called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Ratatouille is out now, and it is available wherever you get your podcasts. To find everything the two of us are working on together, you can visit our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com. We have all of our episodes there. You can find them by series. You can find all of our notes and faces of the episodes on there as well. Um, so check that out. You can follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod. Or you can email us that uh, Remy Venom fan art at <laughs> Walloping Web Snappers Podcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music or wherever you listen to podcasts, but especially the big ones. Uh, because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too. And those ratings and reviews help people find us. Next week, we will return to our amazing friends in Spider-Man and, the, and his amazing friends in the episode called The Prison Plot. See ya. Bye. But yeah, so you know, Flash Flash assures Peter that he. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck did I type? <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Never has to worry. Ab has to worry about is what he said. <laughs>